Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran. This week, my guest is Daniela Moyles. She's a TV presenter, model, yoga teacher, DJ. She has so many strings to her bow and the most recent one she has added is a number one best-selling author, several weeks in a row. And her book is called Jump, which chronicles her experience of crippling anxiety during a period in her life when things could not have appeared to be better from the outside looking in. Eventually, Daniela did find her own way to own her anxiety and confront the driving forces behind it. And in order to achieve this clarity, she did the complete opposite of what I would have done when my anxiety was so bad, and that was to book a one-way flight around the world. I would have been absolutely terrified. I really enjoyed this chat and had I known when my anxiety was so bad that someone like Daniela, who seemed so perfect to me and so together in every way, again, from the outside looking in, if I knew that someone like her could experience a similar kind of anxiety to me, I would have felt so much less alone and I think it's just a reminder again that you know anxiety is something that can affect every single one of us. I hope you enjoyed and definitely go and read her book if you get a chance. It's called Jump and it's out now. I suppose to start people I'm sure will look at you and look at your Instagram and people would have said to you as they would have said to me sure what have you got to be anxious about and so has anyone ever said that to you? That's so funny. Um, I think the line that I got, and I actually wrote this in the book, was, you're too together to fall apart. Um, And I I suppose on paper I kind of was, you know. Um, And and, and actually, funnily enough, even in my behaviour I probably kind of was. Like I was very confident and I was very confident um, and I was very busy um, and I got everything done. And, and, And to be honest with you, I didn't even really know what was happening. Um, to me at all, to be honest, like you, you, you kind of are impatient with yourself, you know, like you have your to-do list and, and I couldn't understand why I wasn't producing the same level of productivity and quality that I used to be able to. And I would just, I would just load on the the pressure and I I don't know if that, that that wasn't helpful. 
No, definitely not. And what age were you around this time when you started to feel really feel the presence of anxiety? Um, I was 27, but but I was 28 before it got really debilitating. Okay. And had anxiety been a feature of your life growing up? Or would you say it really just hits you in your late 20s? Not at all. Now, there's two answers to this question. Because in that moment, the version of me that I was then, I can say without a doubt, mental health was absolutely irrelevant to my life. I didn't have experience of it with in my in in my opinion i didn't have experience with it personally or in my family or when i say that i was so blind to to the fact that it was happening or that it could ever happen to me um but the other side of that is i absolutely when i started to examine my life and to try and um i suppose train my mind I realized how prevalent it had always been not just for me but in my family and how obvious it was but you cannot see something until you see it and that is the biggest lesson for me like when I I think it's given me so much more compassion because you truly like somebody cannot see something until they have that awareness and they it can be right in front of your face like your reflection is in a in a in a window and you can just be looking at the landscape but not seeing your face you know Yeah. And what was happening in your life when you started to feel the presence of anxiety, when, when it got to the point that you could, you could no longer deny it and you started to really notice, you know, th- those feelings or that lack of productivity or however it manifested for you, which I'll ask you about in a moment. But you were like at the height of, I suppose, your career in media in Ireland and as model. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it had started, again, this is hindsight and I, I had no awareness of this at the time, but it had definitely started to feature um, about a year prior, as I mentioned. I think I had one or two panic attacks, but I didn't know what they were. And I was very happy to just brush them over the carpet or under the carpet and to not examine them and be like, wow, that was that was a weird thing that happened that day. I must have been tired or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but when it started to become um, debilitating, and again, I really did not know what it was. I, I kept going to the doctor and describing the symptoms and trying, and, you know, where's my pill where's my answer um, and thankfully I had a very good GP but it still took a lot of time for me to have that light bulb moment but at that time I was um, I was modeling um, still pretty much full-time um, I was doing the breakfast radio show on spin in the in, in Dublin um, and I was um, you know pretty heavily starting into that kind of online influencer that that was still Funnily enough, even though it was only a couple of years ago, it's a very different landscape than it is now. Mm-hmm. And it was it was way less um, regulated. It was much more new, and um, it was very exciting because there was you know there was good money to be made in it, but there was a huge amount of self exposure. I felt um, mm-hmm. I felt like I was giving so much of myself all the time. Like you had to be vulnerable on the breakfast show and be real and authentic, and then. You know, you'd have to give every part of your day what smoothie you make, made, what outfit you wore, what you had for lunch. Um, everything about you was like a commodity. And I just was so exhausted. Can I ask you as well, you were in a relationship at the time? Yes. And yeah. <laughs> that was another thing. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, actually, funnily again, um, when I first started to have, you know, the very first kind of panic attacks now that I that I know what they are now again as I said I didn't have an absolute notion what they were 
they began when I got out of a relationship that I'd been in long term. So I was in mm-hmm. like a long term relationship over nearly five years and then that ended. And that's when I actually started to have them. But then they subsided. Um, or maybe I managed to kind of grasp so, onto some, yeah, like, you know, I, I rung up the ladder. So I managed to postpone what was happening. Um, yeah, no, yeah, then I got into another relationship pretty quickly. Um, and I think what happened was that it allowed me to probably escape from some self-reflection that I needed to do. Um, and also, I don't think when you're not in a good headspace and when you don't know yourself and you don't know, you don't have a good understanding of, of your life or why you are the way you are, or why your brain is the way it is. I don't think you're very conducive to a relationship anyway. Yeah. Um, so I probably contributed in as much as anyone else contributed to anything that happened to me. And you, you were very much in the public eye at that point. And I remember, you know, your your relationship was made quite public. You shared an awful lot about it. And while it was lovely to see, it was also, I, I, I was kind of wondering, did you feel this pressure to share everything about yourself? And did that contribute to the anxiety? Because then suddenly you were sharing your narrative with the whole world. And then anything that happens after that, everyone wants to know about my God, these are good questions. I've never been asked anything like this before. <laughs> ne- like never. This is so, and it's actually making me think because I don't know if I've ever, um, like as I said there, I did feel probably like I was a little bit exhausted with the amount of sharing I felt I had to do. And that was, and that felt like part of your value in your job. The more you shared, the more you share, whether it's authentic or not, whether it's edited or it's, or it's flawed or no matter what it is, um, it, you know, it's, it just, it was hard. <laughs> yeah. I to like, and that sounds like such a first world problem, doesn't it? But like, you know, you, everything that you are is being judged and you're getting feedback on it. Um, and even if it's only small scale, like we're all human and you definitely take that stuff on board. And I think I tried to have a really thick skin around it. I tried to tell myself I really didn't care. And, you know, I knew my objective, I knew my end goal, and it was, it was just work, it was just work. But, you know, when work starts to feed into your life... Um, they, get, they get very blurred, yeah, very blurred indeed. I do think that maybe I had that realisation when I went to go travelling, I definitely had that light bulb moment, and I talk about it in the book as well. Um, and it sounds so stupid, like, it sounds so idiotic, but this was genuinely a real moment for me, where I was travelling, and I was still forcing myself even though I had left in that mindset of being like I'm so desperate I need to leave I was still forcing myself to create these Instagram stories sharing the journey and I woke up one day and I was like what the fuck am I doing like I'm not getting paid anymore I don't have contracts with anyone anymore I don't need to send the insights of my audience and my growth and my likes and whatever to any manager anymore like this doesn't matter this isn't part of what makes me valuable anymore and I can just stop and it was like a moment where I realized I don't owe anyone anything and I'm just anonymous in the world and I'm totally free Mm. and it was like shackles fell off. Listening to what you're saying um, and looking back on the perception that you would have gotten from you maybe through your social media so you're very much loved up um, very successful you know, absolutely stunning, different corner of the world every other weekend, it seems, and very happy-go-lucky sort of disposition and everything, you know, obviously it was the best bits, you know, on your Instagram. Do you feel like the root of the anxiety for you was this huge disconnect between 
what you put out there to the world and how you viewed yourself privately? Um, well, I think about it now. I mean, my Instagram is so small. Like, you know, I have such a, you know, relative to this, to the size that the app has grown to now and to the, you know, to the audiences that are available to people. It's kind of funny. Um, but I don't feel like I ever curated my image. Um, I don't feel like I ever, you know, prescribed to a particular filter aesthetic or tried to, you know, um, carve a niche or, yeah. um, I, you know, so it wasn't that level of pressure. It probably wasn't that. It was, it was probably more subconscious, you know? It was probably a feeling like, like I keep kind of repeating of, of um, that your value is intrinsically linked to this, to this, yeah. to this uncontrollable, like external factor that kind of is, you know, you're, you're leaning into these complicated, ever-changing algorithms to ever-changing trends to, you know, and you, you feel a sense of like, do I need to censor this? Is this offending anybody? Am I likable? Am I a hundred percent agreeable? You know, will this post that I've been paid for get the interaction that I need to impress this client who's paid me? And I, you know, it's just, it's just, um, you're commodifying yourself and it's just, yeah, hard. I, I don't know if I um, would have made such a tangible link between social media in particular and what happened to me. Yeah. Um, but when I, when I look back on it, it is, it's hilarious how misrepresentative it is. Um, I know. And, and, and whether that was conscious or not, um, I, I, I can't really explicitly say. I, I don't ever remember, you know, having an awful day and, and thinking, I feel awful, but I'm going to proactively put up this image. Yeah. I think it probably would have been more, I was obliged to put up a certain... It was your job. Yeah. Yeah. And how how did it manifest for you? What were you actually experiencing when you started to feel that sense of falling apart? Oh my God. Even now, even with this degree of separation and with this degree of growth. Um, and I mean, like I, it changed my life, you know, like I physically went back to college to study this stuff um, because I, I could not fathom how I got to where I got. Um, you know, like I'd been working for 10 years on my career. I was very career oriented. Um, I was, I was starting to become prosperous. I was financially independent. I was on a certain path. You know, I'd gotten to this position um, within radio that I was very proud of. And I really loved my job. Um, it never felt like work for me. None of it. Even though, and I know that sounds conflicting to what I've just said, but all of that is hindsight. You know, it's hindsight to realize that it was defeating you. At the time, it felt like, such a privilege like I didn't come from a background where things were handed to me and to be earning money for for such fun carefree simple things in my mind you know the the paycheck was a bonus to post about a, a smoothie and get paid for it or to go on the radio and have a laugh and get paid for it or to get dressed up really nicely and get to walk in these incredible fashion shows or do these photo shoots like I loved it all Mm. Um, so when I started to feel so unwell, I, I really didn't make much sense of it at yeah. first. Um, it manifested, as I said, over the year, 
um, with varying like ailments. So my health started to just get really poor. You know, I was having really bad digestive problems that were um, pretty chronic and, you know, they're so elusive. Like that's the thing because they're so intrinsically linked you know, the mind-body connection. And I have such a greater understanding of it now, but I really didn't then. Um, and that was manifesting in like, you know, bad skin and like chronic twitching in my eyes and in my muscles. And that was interesting when you're doing photo shoots for bikinis and you're <laughs> re- really bloated and your eye is twitching like, you know, involuntarily and you've got hormonal breakouts on your jaw and your neck and whatever. So that was all adding pressure as well. And then I started to get um, pretty bad uh, palpitations in my heart. And, and I had this feeling of like when I would breathe in, I'd have a really sharp pain. And if I if I breathe in past the point of unbearable, it would pop and I would get a sense of relief. It was all these kind of strange um, physical ailments. And I would, mm. I would be going in and out to my GP like so regularly. Over the course of that year, I went to the GP more than than I've ever gone. Um, and, you know, they would be trying to remedy different things. So they sent me for, um, and is it an EEG on my heart? Yeah, yeah, I did the same and thing. And then, so they sent me for that and, you know, that came back. Oh, you know, your heart is physically healthy. And then, you know, I was trying different FODMAP diets. I was going for tolerant, uh, food intolerance testing, trying to remedy the source of the digestive complaints. And then I started to have um what I now know are are panic attacks but at the time you know for me I thought a panic attack was where you think you're having a heart attack and you think you're going to die and that's all I kind of knew about them and that wasn't how this happened for me um to say I think what panic attacks do is they manifest in the most terrifying way for you subjectively so whatever is absolutely utterly like earth shatteringly terrifying for you is how your body will manifest these it's just it's pure evil but um so i started to um get really bad brain fog um and i just felt like sluggish uh lethargic foggy incoherent slow um and that was kind of the beginning stages of it and then it would build like a crescendo into like this moment where it would peak and the peak moment was obviously the panic attack but it would feel like the only way I can describe it is like every single thing that makes sense and is logical like the way that you view the horizon or that you can look at your hand and say it's a hand or everything that is a concept that you've constructed in your mind all completely detached from reality and it was like my world went upside down and everything was muddy like I didn't know who I was I didn't know where I was it was like total and utter dissociation so scary it was like I cannot even know and I tried my best to write about the experience from a visceral you know perspective in the book um and even when I put myself into that mindset, it's so hard to find the language mm-hmm. to describe, but just utter terror and feeling like I couldn't get a coherent sense of self. I couldn't, but in, in the, in the panic of it, which is, which is kind of funny. If you had sat me down and said to me, what's your name? Like I could answer you. And that's what I started to do. Then I started to figure that out when I would get to this peak point of total dissociation and confusion where nothing that I looked at made sense and I couldn't form a sense of self anymore 
I would start reciting, my name is Daniela Moyles, I was born on this date, I grew up at this address, and I would start to like kick into gear my 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 cognitive, you know, higher functioning mm. and try and like override that limbic just, yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I did start to get a handle on it a little bit, but I think when you've descended into that level of terror, it, it does have overspill and that's when things got really un, unbearable and that's when I got really um I got really incoherent and um I wonder sorry just for you it was it was it the same as for you as it was for me where you know you're going in and out of doctors you're trying to address things okay my heart palpitations maybe it's because of this I remember being told it was probably a b12 deficiency for me all different kinds of intolerance testing like we had the exact same experience and then when you realize that there's nothing you can pin the blame on and that it's it's anxiety that's that realization for me that you're capable of falling apart was terrifying. So do you remember having a moment of realization that this is exactly what you're dealing with? Oh my God. Yes. So when all that started to happen, um, with, with my, with my mind, I actually went for a brain scan because I was just still so utterly confused. I, I, no one had said to me outright, I think it had probably been mentioned to me, this might be stress, you know, are you sleeping or whatever? I, I was like, I am sick. Like, what is happening to me? Like, you don't understand. I was like, my brain short circuit. Like, I, I, I was so scared. Um, so they sent me for a brain scan. And again, everything came back structurally perfect. And I remember, like, this is so funny, because I was still in the middle of work here. Like, I was still in the middle of a huge to-do list. Like, you know, I would be going from the breakfast show to like a fashion show in Brown Thomas and I'd be like chosen for the photo call and I'd be trying so I'd my whole body would be shaking and I'd be like on the cusp of this happening all the time and I'd be like okay breathe 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 and I'd just be somehow managing to find this ability to get through the day for like you know a period of time but yeah. I do remember um once the brain scan came back I had a new ailment I was like look there's this feeling of like a lump in my abdomen and I was like I just you know it's just the one thing after another after another and my doctor said to me she's like look stop she was like there's nothing I can and at this point she actually hadn't prescribed me anything at all right which I actually think now in hindsight is very admirable um because it would have been very easy to prescribe me every like I was desperate I would have bought anything she was selling yeah um and she said to me look like stop I think you really need to address your lifestyle. I think you need to start doing yoga or meditation. I think you need to take a look at your work-life balance. And I nearly laughed her out of the room. And yeah. I was like, what are you, what, you're telling me yoga is going to fix this thing that happens to my brain that feels like I'm dying. Like, what are you talking? I, I really, I cannot tell you how much this was so far away from what made, this was like selling snake oil to me. I was like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a busy person with commitments and responsibilities like I have a, a a job I need to get to I've you know I don't have time for this um and I kind of turned my back on that for a few months and I kind of lived in this um strange limbo where I felt like no one understood what was happening to me and I couldn't talk about it because it wasn't being verified by my GP you know or by like, yeah. the medical profession and so um I went into a very strange period at this time where the fear of even going outside, like I used to have this overwhelming fear of footsteps behind me. And that's really hard when you live in the city mm-hmm. um, and have to go outside. And I got a really bad fear of uh, swallowing food. Um, when, even when I think back and say this stuff now, and, and again, all of this was like a, a hindrance to my busy life. Not yeah. like, oh, another, another thing. Yeah, so you were very hard on yourself because of the presence of these symptoms. 
oh my God, you're just trying to get on with stuff. This is, comes back to being like, why am I not being productive? Why am I not maintaining what? Like Cormac, my co-host on The Breakfast Show, I'm sure he was like, what is happening to this girl? We'd have to load extra songs in between links so I could just start crying. And then oh. I'd, blame it, I'd blame it on something. I'd be like, oh, I just read this thing about Trump and I just don't know. I, I was just losing my mind, you know? Um, and I would be going from work to the next gig and I'd be making an excuse about why I was shaking and I, I couldn't eat like my stomach was just in knots I, I could I and that was actually fine because I hated swallowing food anyway so I just kind of took on the not eating thing and okay. like I lost so much weight I just was completely falling apart yeah so you were you were hurtling towards this breaking point and then would I be right in saying that on top of that on top of everything that was going on then that relationship also ended no actually it didn't it was it was still going on but as you can imagine it was not well <laughs> like I mean yeah I, the relationship was probably um, as all over the place as me. And that doesn't help either. I think you need some stability in your life. And I just, I, at that time, I just didn't have any. I was all over the place. Um, and I remember finding like the courage uh, to get out of my bed. Because the only place I, I ever felt like a sense of safety was when I was in my bed watching YouTube. And I used mm. to just love it. I would just get into bed and I'd watch ASMR videos, which are like, you know, yeah. relaxing videos. And I would just, you know, block the world out, give me 10 minutes and I'd feel normal. And I remember getting out of the bed and walking. I lived in Dublin 8. I lived just off um, Patrick Street. And uh, I walked from my apartment to um, Dane Street to go to a GP. Um, and I walked in and I, I still didn't know what was going on. I, and I was just so desperate that I just went to, I, I got, just got a walk-in appointment. Um, and I sat on the chair in his office and I told him everything. And I left with a prescription for antidepressants and uh, Xanax. Mm-hmm. And that's when the penny dropped. That's when I was like, oh my God, like I've betrayed myself into a million pieces like what what have I done okay so you you felt that going on medication was just an indicator that you had really reached the bottom I felt like I betrayed myself by not realizing I needed help like I when I it's hard for me to actually get across clearly enough how much I didn't know what was going on and how dumb that sounds and no it doesn't it's so common that people until your body is screaming it at you you don't realize it because we're so used to just being go, 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 go. And we're so used to being so disconnected from what our body is trying to tell us. But I was blown away by the disconnect. And actually, Aurora is a really good way to put it. And when I look back, it started like a whisper. Like your your body is constantly working for you, not yeah. against you. Like yeah. it's constantly trying to get your attention. Just, you know, just I'm just going to put this little ache or pain here or this little, you know, upset here just so that you'll stop for a minute, slow down, pay attention. I must have been living with my head in you know Mars and my body somewhere over around Pluto like I just (laughs) I cannot tell you the disconnect it was mad and when I looked at those prescriptions I couldn't deny the reality of where I was anymore and I think that Mm -hmm. that was the moment and I had been denying it until then I had been this kind of um like it's not a constructed version of myself because it is definitely still me but it was such an incomplete version of me like it was I had to be living in an incomplete version of me to not understand what was happening to me, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, so I just couldn't deny that anymore. And 
and I was really devastated. And that's the day I I quit my job. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I'll tell you what, I stopped thinking about yoga and meditation as some kind of, you know, I, I just was like, complete. I was like, you know, I turned my nose up at that stuff. I was like, this yeah. is not for me. It's a pain in my arse. It's for, it's to charge me 20 euro to like, you know, breathe, sit around with people who wear beads. Like I just wasn't into it. <laughs> I was just like, what is this? Like, and meditation was torture to me. It was like a moment for my mind to like, do a slideshow of all the things I didn't want to yeah. think about. You didn't want to sit with those feelings. It's very, it's actually very scary to be, even with breathing exercises, it, you know, sometimes that's the most terrifying place you can be is to just sit with yourself. It's, it is mind blowing to me now, the difference in the person I was then to the person I am now. And I'm only 31, you know, so it's been about three years of really, and I take no credit for this because uh, I wasn't smart enough to learn any of this, like at all on my own. Um, and I've said that before, but I would love so much for uh, my new path that I'm trying to go down now to save anyone from going through what I went through. Like, and what mm-hmm. all of us, you know, like what you went through, what, um, it's so awful, um, but it's so conquerable. Yeah. You decided then when the relationship had ended eventually and you'd quit the job, you had, I guess, come face to face with the reality of what you were dealing with. You decided to do the exact opposite that I ever would have done. I would have just ran into my mommy's arms and stayed there. I was such a creature comforts. I was, I mean, my anxiety was very much wrapped up in being away from my comforts, but you just said, okay, I'm going to just throw, throw this all to caution to the wind. And you jumped, which is the title, jump is the title of your book. Yeah. And you decided to go away with a, with a one-way flight? Yeah. Um, so brave. <laughs> it sounds brave or counterintuitive for all those things. It was the most natural remedy in the world. It, it, it bubbled up from the depths of my intuition. Um, I felt like it was the most, like, I felt like what I had been doing was my unsafe and this was my safe. It was, for me, it was like an innate knowledge. Like, the answer was, out there it wasn't in what I had been doing it wasn't in regressing to anything that had happened before it was in growing and learning and And just slowing down really well it 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 did involve an element of slowing down but it also involves a lot of uh, learning to trust yourself again learning to rely on yourself again being in your own company exclusively um you know managing your time without any to-do list um managing yourself and your emotions and it was the for me and it, this is a very subjective thing as I said I think ma- I think anxiety manifests subjectively and I think the remedy is also subjective but I was so grateful for the end of the confusion because as soon as I figured out what was going on I wasn't confused anymore and the answer was crystal clear um and what was the answer to go I just had to go yeah I had to go um and was it what you thought it would be it was so much more than what <laughs> I thought it would be which just is so cliche isn't it but um but you must have still been experiencing quite a lot of anxiety because it doesn't it's not a case of I always want to tell people it's not a case of just realizing that it's anxiety and then oh okay well it's gone now because your body is you know it's slower it all those hormones take time to build up it's going to take time for them to settle down again so like for me when I quit the job that was triggering what, what I felt was triggering the anxiety I thought it would just be gone and because I realize it now but I continued to suffer for so long so you know it's, there's a difference I did an interview with a neuroscientist Dr. Michael Kane he said there's a big difference between the brain 
you know, no, con- cognitively knowing something and, you know, actually what's going on in terms of the, like biology and the physiology. It's not, it's not a case of just, I know it's anxiety, so therefore I'm fine now. So did you still, I mean, just so people know, it wasn't like you went on holiday and that you just felt perfectly fine. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey Dave, yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Absolutely no way. Like, it, 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 do you know what? It's years later, and I've done so much work um, on. Uh, examining my life, which is my, my, my two favorite new phrases are training my brain and examining my life. Um, and if anyone thinks that the, the peace of mind that comes with mastering those two skills comes easy, um, it, that couldn't be further from the truth. Like anything worth having, anything worth conquering, anything worth really mastering uh, comes at a, at a price and, yeah. it, and it's hard earned. And no, that, that's not how it happened at all. But I will say this, um, as soon as I left and shed all of the responsibilities and weight of my life, it did ease enormously for a little while. Yeah. So I got, a, I got a respite where I didn't feel quite as agoraphobic. Is that the word where you feel like you can't leave the house? Agoraphobic? Um, agoraphobic would be like a fear of crowds, yeah. Agoraphobic maybe it is. So I had, I had a period where it, it kind of, felt like it loosened its grip on me yeah. um, and I and I I kind of relished in that for a while but it quickly became clear that that was just another veil you know yeah, that, that, yeah. The, that the underlying kind of reason it happened still hadn't quite been faced um, and I did a lot of things to to run away from facing that and that's you know half the book is about what got me to where I got and the other half of the book is kind of the journey of resolving um, and all the different places it took me but I, you know I had spent a lot of time denying that yeah and I don't want to give away I really want people to go and read the book and learn and I'm so excited myself to read it I haven't been able to go and get it yet because we're in lockdown and it's not so when's it out it's out June 5th without giving away this conversation has taken us to the point where you realize it and you address anxiety and you make the decision to go away is there one overarching or one major learning that got you from getting on that flight to the person that you are now? No, no, there wasn't one major. There was um, a whole lot of small incremental realizations and a huge amount of one step forward, 10 steps back. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, no, there was no light bulb moment. There was loads of, there was loads of beautiful, life-changing, incredible moments. Um, and there was loads of really terrible, heartbreaking, hard moments. Um, and it was a slog, a really hard slog, but it's like a really knotted up chain. Once you start to figure it out, you get your motivation to get past the next hurdle and the next hurdle and the next hurdle and it starts to unwind and un, un, untangle and, and make a little bit more sense and get a little bit more clarity. But um, there, I wish that there was one, just one moment where everything just uh, aligned. But it was, yeah. a, it was a series of small realizing and that's what it is for most people I mean it is it, it is never going to be just one thing it's never going to be and also I'd like to point out that it's not a case of you went away on this trip and now you don't have any anxiety in your life you've just learned to address it you've learned what it is obviously you've gone back to college now and you're studying it so you you know a lot more than most people about what's happening in your brain would you say you're, you're no longer afraid to really connect with your body and with your yoga training and everything that if you feel the presence of anxiety you're you're definitely going to pay attention to it now I'm fascinated by the study of it all now. I'm, I'm so, so, I think the thing that motivates me the most is the difference in my understanding now as to then. And, and when I look back and see how utterly um, blind and how, how, how bad it took for me to gain the slightest insight or the slightest self-awareness um it fascinates me it, it absolutely like human psychology the way the mind works the way that we can filter out what we don't want to see see what we do want to see but also see it in the way we want to see it 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 is utterly fascinating to me so i think um it isn't just a case of understanding it better and it isn't that it ever leaves you which i i also feel like cautious of saying that because i don't want anyone who might have anxiety to feel like oh this is never ending it definitely transforms yeah and it's funny it now is something that I I like I see it as an indicator of when I'm not being authentic when I'm not mm. when I need to like a message you know like yeah. I need to stop breathe reassess take a minute it doesn't scare me anymore I never ever and it, it's funny I even if I was to feel like I was about to get those panic attacks that I used to get they wouldn't do to me what they did then because I would mm -hmm. be able to talk myself through what's happening and I would be able to uh, use the t tools that I've learned. And um, like, I think um, somatic psychotherapy or, you know, the ability to really have a visceral connection in the body to what's going on in the mind is something I was hugely missing. So, and something everybody needs. So yoga has been a really huge help to my life. Meditation is something I do every day. Um, and all of these things are things I do even on the good days. And well, I think yeah, that that's they, the most important they accumulate. Yeah, because you can kind of feel a sense of, of I'm fine now. Yeah, and, I don't need to address not, this now. Yeah, yeah, that's not kind of the case. You, it, It's a lifestyle overhaul. It's a, it's a, it's, again, I come back to, it's living an examined life. It's, training your mind like all you have to perceive this world for every thought feeling uh, behavior emotion every single thing is your mind like that's all you have and if if you've never examined that and if you've never trained that you can be a bodybuilder you can be you can be a mathematician you can be whatever but if you don't understand why you are the way you are and if you don't 
shine a spotlight of self-awareness on that, you are literally boxing in the dark. And you will always be ruled by your mind instead of you ruling your mind. And that's been the most um, insightful and incredibly exciting and empowering part of this journey for me is taking off that mask um, and really examining the parts of yourself that make you cringe, the parts that you that you maybe aren't proud of, um, that scare you, that make you feel humiliated or shamed or angry, and really, really getting to the root of that and integrating like a much more whole person. And I can't tell you how many offshoots of benefits I've had from that. Like, my, like your, your ability to communicate and, and to get across the intention of what you want to say as opposed to just communicating, getting whatever reaction you get and then just being like, oh, well, that's that person's problem because they didn't mm-hmm. understand what I was trying to, you know, all of those things, every kind of really human aspect of yourself grows when you grow. Um, and it's been, so in a strange way, I wouldn't change anything that happens. Yeah, me neither. I would hate to go back to being that person that I was before this happened. I would absolutely hate it. I would take every hard day. I would take every confusion. I'd take every tear, every trouble. I would take it all again to be this version of my mind than than that old version. Amazing. Daniela, congratulations on the book. I know we spoke throughout the process of you writing it. Um, Can I I just say something here? Because I feel like this has been all about me, but like, thank you so much when I was in the depths of my anxiety I found your book owning it and it was the first tangible tool I had to mechanically understand what was happening and it used to be my bible like Aww. I would read and reread and reread because I had such a lack of understanding about what was happening to me and the only thing at that time that I found that could give me peace was talking myself through what was happening on a biological level because it was so it made no sense on any other place you know I couldn't yeah. rationally understand my emotions anything like that so I would read your book over and over and over and over um, and I recommend it to everybody and even since that's happened and since I've traveled you've always kept in touch with me you've always been so supportive when I got in touch with you was like I feel like I want to write a book you were the first person to be like here's a number for a literary agent here's what you need to do here's how you start. like you are the most I think you're absolutely incredible and you're so Aww. empowering to other women and it's just it's a privilege to be on your podcast to have come out the other end of this and to have yeah I'm Aww. grateful to know you they're gonna make me cry oh, thank, thank you so much well it's I mean thank you well thank you we could do this all day <laughs> um but it's amazing I'm so happy to to see I mean it feels like not long ago that we were having a conversation where you were saying your message was saying I'm experiencing anxiety and I was saying oh god how much time have you got I'll fill you in and you had to go on your own journey you had to go through all of that and now you've come out the other side and you know so much more about yourself and not only have you helped yourself but now with your own book you're going to help a, a massive amount of people as well and um, so like you and you said at the beginning of the conversation that you don't take any credit you, you have to take credit because this is a journey you went on physically by yourself okay maybe there was people along the way who maybe you know sh- shed light on something but you know it's you really need to take a bow because it's the hardest work you'll ever do is the work on yourself and no one did it for you and um, so you should be really proud you've found the person that you were all meant to be through that hardship and 
I, I can't wait for people to read the book and I can't wait to learn an awful lot more about what happened when you got to that point of realization and how you got to where you are now, which I didn't want to give away in this podcast because, you know, I want people to go and support authors, which I, you know, it means the world to me when people buy the book. So hopefully people will do the same. Um, and Daniela, mind yourself, take care and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The easiest way to access owning it real time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for owning it real time and access a full library of 10 situation specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.